see. Hey, welcome to the Thundercast. I am your host, Connor Sanders, back here with my co-host, Kelton Jacobson. Kelton, how you feeling on this evening or on this morning now? It's a it's a good it's a good morning, Connor. I had something crazy happen to me yesterday. What was that? Someone that I came in contact with about four years ago and then disappeared got back in contact with me yesterday. Called me out of the blue. I had no idea she even had my number. <laughs> Who she, was it? It, someone I it was this older couple that I I met when I was living out in South Carolina. Befriended mm. them, became very very good friends with them, and then uh, when I moved back to Utah, we stayed in touch for a little bit, and then uh, they disappeared. I couldn't <laughs> find them. I couldn't. I didn't have their number or anything. And then yesterday, I was cooking for uh, myself and my wife, and she called out of nowhere, and we you know we chatted, and she's doing <laughs> well, and it was crazy. It was crazy. It's, but that's my that's my story of the day. Yes, it's it's good to reconnect, you know, with old lost friends, especially you know, people from far away. It's a, it's a bright spot. It's hard to stay connected right now. Yes, so I, I'm sure that was a a nice little. It was pick me up. There. It was. It was. It was really really quite nice. So I guess uh, if you haven't reached out to anyone in a while, take the time to do it. Yeah, you tune in for the, to the Thundercast for SU athletics talk, <laughs> and what you get is good life advice. <laughs> I had to start out with a good note, I guess. Yeah, of course. Well, <laughs> speaking of good notes, this is actually a very uh, interesting week for SU Athletics. We are now, as of time of recording, uh, eight days away from the start of oh, the men's I'm basketball so season and women's basketball as well. So we're finally going to have some events to cover. I'm we're not just so going to be doing excited. previews. We're not just going to be speculating. <laughs> we'll actually have stuff to look at. Um, I'm really excited for it. How are you oh, feeling, Kelly? It's going to be so great. It's going to be so great. Uh, we're going to talk about the, the schedules uh, being released, Connor, but um, honestly, men's basketball is looking great. I'm very excited to see women's basketball, and then, you know, we got a couple other schedules we'll go through as well. Yes. We're, we've been creeping around practice. We've been watching the men and the women, and we there's going to be a, a fun season, a um, fun couple of seasons in the winter as, as we get going here. But the first thing we want to talk about, the official polls were released last week for men's and women's basketball Uh, men's were picked to finish sixth by the media Um, we also want to talk about their schedule and they were picked seventh by the coaches Um, what's your assessment of that Kelton you think that's about fair you know uh, we were talking earlier Connor you were telling me that you know in in previous years they were ranked lower yes Um, so I think it's a good sign that we're getting higher I don't know maybe I'm just an SU basketball fan, <laughs> but I, I was hoping to see them higher. But uh, I guess that's uh, they, they, this could be fuel to the fire. They could bring uh, use this as something to motivate them to come out and surprise people, like they did sometimes last year. You know, they mm-hmm. they beat a few really really good teams that they weren't supposed to beat. Yeah, I, they're used to this kind of disrespect. This is no nothing new. Um, I think Coach Simon, uh, he's very popular among his his contemporaries as coaches but he doesn't do a lot of the posturing and things that that gets you your your player on the the very end of the big sky honorable mention ballot or whatever he's he's focused on winning that's that's what he's about and I don't think that this will bother him too much I think uh once the ball actually gets rolling we'll we'll have a lot more to see but I mean it actually is a, a little bit of a show of respect at least to say hey 
you know, SU, you lost a bunch of your seniors. You lost a bunch of key players. But we still think you're at least middle of the pack. Right. Um, which gives them a lot of room yeah. to, to move up. Yeah, dead middle of the pack. And th- and there are some really good teams in front of them uh, that, are, that are ranked in front of them as of right now. You know, Eastern Washington came in at number one. Yes. Montana, Northern Colorado, Montana State, and then Weber State. Not too sure about Weber State. They, they're they good. They're a good ball club. Um, they're trying to steal our model of just getting transfers from other D1 programs. Exactly. We'll see how that works out for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, also, as always, grain of salt – Assuming the season happens, this is what the non-conference schedule will look like mm-hmm. for SUU, mm-hmm. men's basketball. The season kicks off Wednesday, November 25th, which is probably seven days away from when you were hearing this episode. They will travel to Los Angeles, California to take on Loyola Marymount University. Uh, LMU is a member of the WCC, the Western... What's, what does WCC stand for? I always West just Coast say, Conference. West Coast Conference. Um, <laughs> I, I'm so used to just... WCC, WCC. Um, but yeah, uh, 11 and 21 last season. Uh, I think that a very solid team. They're always good, always have good players from that area. Just if you're in Southern California, you're naturally just going to attract a lot of good talent. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're going to, you're going to attract a lot of good talent and, and don't, let's not mistake LMU's in a terrific conference. The WCC conference is actually pretty loaded with some good teams, you know, Gonzaga, which I believe uh, Gonzaga ranks. They started off this season ranked number one. Yeah. Um, in in the country, so Gonzaga's in the WCC. You also got BYU in the WCC. So good, good b- basketball teams in the WCC. So uh, Loyola Marymount should be a good uh, start starting point for SUU. They finished eleven and twenty one last season, though. Yes. So uh, again, they they weren't terrific last season but they're in a very good conference well and um you actually went to loyola last year and lost 61 to 51 in a game that was actually pretty close it was was highly contested um so i'm really interested to see uh their first performance i imagine there will be some rust to knock off these guys haven't played for a long time yeah um university of st catherine after this after Loyola on November 25th. So on Saturday, the Saturday after they take on St. Catherine, and then they have their home stand December 3rd and December 5th with University of Montana. And then on December 9th, the fateful uh, rematch at the university or at Utah Valley University in Orem. Mm-hmm. What's your read on that game, Kelvin? Uh, Utah Valley University got a, a couple good transfers. Uh, this yes. year, um, so I'm anxious to see how they stack up. Uh, Trey Farr, to name one, uh, for for Utah Valley University. So we'll see what happens there. SUU won last year, Connor by one. So it, it's always a that was such a fun game too. It was crazy. It was crazy. So it's always gonna be a a game at least. Again. Yeah, this will be a rocking game if uh, we could have fans. I'm sure that people will be going crazy up in Orem for that. Yeah. Um, finished 11 and nine last season, or excuse me, 11 and 19. The Wolverines did. Um, Dre Marine did not play in that game. No, he didn't. Interesting to note, uh, out with an injury, and so it'll be interesting to see how he looks against UVU. Mm-hmm. Um, that was such a fun game. That was the highlight of last season to me. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think that there's another very good chance that SU goes in and, and gets a win on the road there. I think I I don't see why not. Uh, last season or last year when they played. Um, JK3 had a great game, John Knight the third. Yeah. Mason Fawcett actually yeah, had a had a pretty good game as well, as well as Harrison Butler. So these guys are not they're not shy of the Wolverines. They can take them on. Um 
yeah, I I would love to see fans there. I don't think there is going to be fans there, <laughs> no, but no, I would there love won't. to see fans there. So we'll yeah, see what happens. for sure. Then moving on from that, eight days later, they go and take on Dixie State University in the America First Event Center. This is a huge game, um, mm-hmm. not only for this season, but just for the future as, uh, as Dixie State makes their jump to Division I. Uh, last season in Division Two, they were a very good team, uh, ranked in the top 10 um, at that level. Uh, this is a pretty significant jump up, though. They finished 23-7 and at the level they were at last year and only lost three players. Um, so that, that should be an interesting game. I would like to see SU just come and completely blow them out and establish <laughs> that, you know, Welcome SU to Division is, One. <laughs> yes, we are the hub of basketball in this part of the world. But Dixie State will definitely give us a challenge, I'm sure. John Judkins puts together a good team every year. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I agree. This could have the potential to be one of the best rivalries uh, that we've ever seen uh, if yes. it continues you know, to grow. Uh, Dixie State, they are in the whack, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, so uh, different conferences, but nonetheless, they're 45 minutes away from each other. Um, again, you talk about fans against... UVU, can you imagine fans against Ooh, Dixie State? That would be so fun. Oh, that would be wild. I think I, I don't think there is a single school that is um, talked about negatively. I don't know <laughs> the right word uh, more at SU than Dixie State. We like to make fun of Dixie State. We like to assert our dominance over Dixie State. We have to because they are coming. <laughs> they they have nice facilities and beautiful weather. They are a threat. Um, they they do have some pretty nice facilities. They're building a lot down there. So yeah, we we do. I agree. Listen, St. George is expanding. Just is. the way the athletics nationwide works is if you have a booming area and you have boosters that are making a lot of money that care a lot about their university. You know, there will be some kickbacks. It'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. And then after that game, there's two tune-ups. Interesting though, they play four games in or three games in four days. Um, they play Dixie on December seventeenth. Then they take on SAGU American Indian College um, on December 18th, and then three days after that, uh, they take on Bethesda College. So that's three games in, uh, yeah, four days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Bethesda and SAGU American Indian College, I, they will be walkovers, just tune-ups as they get ready to take on Montana State and you know finish out the rest of the conference schedule. Um, but a pretty good preseason, all things considered. Uh, obviously, you lament missing Wake Forest, Michigan, Kansas. Yeah, you know all those yeah. all those big high profile opponents that you had on the schedule. But all things considered, this will be a good. I mean, LMU is a good chance to go challenge yourself. Utah Valley's I think will be a really good measuring stick. And Dixie State, you love having those in-state rivalries. Yeah, it, it's a good way to to start off the season. They should take care of business. Hopefully, uh, let's take care of business and and get rolling into into the conference play. Yes. Speaking of state rivalries, SU Women's Basketball also announced their schedule, uh, their non-conference schedule last week. Uh, They opened the season on November 25th at the University of Utah, taking on a Pac-12 opponent in their first game. Um, In terms of polls, women's basketball was picked eighth by the coaches and by the media, so a consensus there. After losing some really key players, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that's about where... I would have picked them. I think that's a about a fair assessment. I believe a lot in, in the coaching staff and in the new players that are coming in to um, overcome those expectations right. and to, to, to go beyond um, the position that they've been marked in by the media and the coaches. 
Um, Idaho is picked to win the Big Sky Conference. This is going to be a very competitive women's basketball season, and SU has a lot to prove. You know, anytime you you lose a, a player like Rebecca Cardenas, it's yeah. it's it's gonna hit you. And um, Harley Hansen. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. <laughs> all all of and them. And Shea Fano, and Claudia Armato. You know, that's four out of your and yeah. Jessica Chapman. Your whole starting lineup, mm-hmm. basically, pretty much. And so, yeah, yeah, you, you lose that. I think I think the ranking is justified. Um, any anytime you lose players like that, but they did bring on some really really nice talent. Uh, you know, I'm I'm anxious to see what Liz Graves does um, with playing with her sister uh, Maddie yes, Eaton. So fun. I'm anxious to see that. Um, also, Beck Black, she looks really really good this year. So yes, we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, yeah. but yeah, they take on University of Utah on November 25th. That's going to be their first game, and I would. I know University of Utah is in the Pac-12. I know that they are uh, a little bit higher profile of a team, you could say, than yeah. SUU. But in terms of of record, of in terms of way, the way they play, they're actually quite similar. Yeah, you talk about a measuring stick kind of game. This will be a huge chance for SUU to see where they are. Utah finished 14 and 17 last season, so kind of a middling Pac-12 school, not like a, a real standout. Only have three seniors on the team. Um, but a middling Pac-12 school c- compared to a middling to slightly overperforming Big Sky school. True. Uh, if we were talking about, you know, uh, the University of Colorado and Northern Colorado, we would probably be like, yeah, Colorado's going to kill them. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what SU can do. I know they'll come out and compete and give everything they've got, but just the, first off, it's a great opportunity for all these players. You know, you're not expected to win this game. Go out and just give your best effort. Run your plays. Um, prove yourself to the coach. Right. Go win your minutes in right. this game. Um, these are the kinds of ones where you know six minutes left, you're down 15 points, but you make that diving save or whatever. Oh sure, and that makes a huge impression in the coach's Absolutely. mind. So this will be a huge game for them. Um, moving on to the next aspect of the schedule, the, really uh, an interesting kind of how it broke down. Uh, there's some notes I wanna I wanna hit on, but next uh, women's basketball goes. Also has the little homestand thing. Well, not the homestand. They have to go to the University of Montana on December 3rd after they play Utah on November 25th. And then they have to play again at Montana on December 5th. Um, and then they come back home to take on William Jessup University um, for their technically home opener. Um, should be an interesting game, Kelly. Yeah, William Jessup is a pretty good team. They've already played once this year. I believe they played on Halloween, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, William Jessup did, and they won. Um, they had a nice season last year. They went 20 and 11. Uh, other than that, I don't know too much about William Jessup. Other than you know, when you go 20 and 11, you must be a good team. You must be a good uh, 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 program. But nonetheless, you got to come into Cedar. You, you gotta you gotta come into the AFEC. And you gotta you gotta compete against Coach Sanders and and her team. This is a, a potential trap game hmm. to me because you got the two conference opponents, and then you have GCU and UVU after William Jessup. Yeah. Um. And Grand Canyon University is uh, another local competitor. They're they're one of those teams that you know they're going to be competing for a lot of the same recruits we are. Um. Uh, and it could be easy to look a little bit you know too far ahead and and maybe not keep your eye out for William Jessup and really take them seriously. Um, but Grand Canyon finished 15 and 12 last season. They will play in the WAC. Um, and they're just a good solid team. They made the WAC conference tournament. Uh, they beat us last year. 
uh, in Arizona by four points after, you know, SU led for the majority of that game. That, actually, mm-hmm. that game actually kind of got away from SU. Um, I think that was actually a really important game for SU's season last year. They realized, like, we have to finish games out. And then they still had some struggles with, with finishing games out. But um, this will be a, another really good test. I think this is a really a, a puncher's chance. Like, either team could really take this one. I wonder, I think about it sometimes, what the canceled season last season, how that affects you going into this season. Yeah. I I think, you know, you have teams like like Grand Canyon University who were set to go into the tournament and to make a run, and... uh, then it gets canceled. So I, I know I know women's basketball was a great what if last year for SUU. Yes. I know men's basketball was a great what if last year for SUU. So I'm I'm anxious to see how that actually affects them and motivates them for the future um, for this season. I think you can make that justification with any team because it can, the, the season last year was canceled for everyone. But uh, specifically these teams who are just like, well, what if you know? What if we had a few more games? What what if what would have happened? Uh, GC is one of those teams, so yeah, for sure, I, I agree. It it, it could be a, a tremendous game um, and a, a good one for SUU to to prove themselves in, though. And then comes the spicy one, <laughs> December eighteenth. Utah Valley University comes to the AFEC. Former T-Bird Chafano coming back home. Yep. yep. Um, also, yep. former assistant coach Morgan Bailey, uh, who. I would imagine played a pretty big role in recruiting Shea to transfer to UVU. Um, this is one, obviously it'd be nice to have fans, but this one might be kind of fun to not have fans <laughs> to hear a little bit of Jabber John going on. I imagine there might be some hard feelings on maybe on both sides. Uh, I am really excited for this game just because I love the drama. It'll be fun. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's let's hear it. I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, that yeah, that'll be a fun one. And then December twenty first, Dixie State also coming to Cedar City, and that will be the end of the non conference schedule for women's basketball. Overall, uh, again, a very competitive uh, non conference schedule. I think it'll really test them before they they hop into Big Sky Conference play. Um, but yeah, that's just uh, I'm so excited for basketball to start. I just I want to be here already. I think about it all the time. I think about it all the time. We've been floating around in practice. We've we've seen these teams. You know, they oh, they're they're itching to to have some competition. And I'm really really excited for both teams. I'm excited for men's to to see what they can do, uh, women's to prove themselves. Yes. So let let's get to it. Yes. We also had the flipping birds gymnastics schedule release last week. We we are a little. We have a bunch of signing day stuff we want to get to as well, so I'm just going to fly through this gym schedule real quick. I think the big highlight is on January 9th, the Best of Utah event, um, where Utah, BYU, and Utah State will all be at the Maverick Event Center in West Valley, Utah, um, to, to have one big meet there. Mm-hmm. That'll be a really great showcase um, for SUU, as we always compete well with BYU and Utah, even though they are financially just on a completely different oh, yeah. level oh, yeah. uh, athletically and, and budget wise um, and we always we always pretty much wipe the floor with Utah State so um, also a few interesting non uh, outside of the usual suspect opponents because they'll they'll take on Boise and BYU and Utah State like they always do um, they go they get to host Air Force uh, a week after the best of Utah event uh, in Cedar maybe even could have fans back in the arenas by then maybe maybe 
Um, this is, and then uh, they go to Denver on March 7th and to Arizona on March 12th before the MRGC uh, championship on March 20th. Um, we're going to get into their to gymnastics a little bit more when we talk about their signing class mm-hmm. for next season. Um, but an interesting schedule and an exciting time for Coach Bauman and the rest of the team. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, they, they always perform very, very well at the best of Utah. Um, I know their captain, Morgan Alfaro, she at least s- set some records last season for herself mm-hmm. at uh, best of Utah. So we'll see if they can follow up on that. Um, yeah, fun, fun opponents uh, with Air Force, uh, with uh, Denver. You know, Denver's a, a pretty good athletic college. Yeah. So, so uh, a nice, nice one there to see. Absolutely. We'll look forward to that. And then this week uh, was actually, last week was was National Signing Day mm-hmm. for a bunch of the different sports. And we want to highlight some of these new recruits that have committed to SU, commend them for a, a choice well made, even though we are neutral and <laughs> do not uh, cheer for SU in any way. Um, let's start with the women's basketball yeah. team. Uh, the Australian connection continues with Aisha Anis. Uh, who's a 5'7 guard from Launceston, Tasmania. Uh, uh, it seems like a point guard distributor type, uh, maybe ball mover. I don't mm-hmm. want to invoke the name of a previous uh, <laughs> SUU guard from Australia. Um, just kidding. Claudia Armato happened. She was a real person. She came here and left. <laughs> <laughs> um, but maybe a similar type of player that uh, I would guess that might have a, little, a, a similar skill set. Just uh, if, uh, if, you know, you go from a, a similar area in the world probably play basketball a similar way and they seem like to have a, a similar type of frame right you know I I was I did my best to to look uh, for Asia how do you say her last name I'm guessing Anise Anise um, I, I did my best to look for some highlights uh, from her but being down in Australia you know it's it's a little tougher a yeah. little more tough to find find things um, but anytime you're that size, you gotta you gotta be a scorer and a distributor. And speaking and from experience, Kelly. Listen, <laughs> yeah, I'm five foot six, so Asia, you have a you have an inch on me. Um, but even then, you you have to be able, you have to be creative in how you get the ball in the bucket. And usually, when you get more creative like that, you can put more points up. And oftentimes, you have to learn how to become a good distributor. It's just part of the game. So I think uh, that'll be good for her to come in, really get the ball moving again. This is next year, but. Uh, uh, get the ball moving, uh, put some put some points up. We'll see what happens there with her. Yes. Also in this recruiting class, Emily Kolstad, a six foot one forward from Prior Lake, Minnesota. Um, when we looked at her, you you made a comparison to a, a certain NBA player. Why don't you walk us through that? I think she looks a lot, or at least she plays a lot like Nikola Jokic. She's she's a big body down low. Um, the the highlight videos that I watched, you know, she she had really excellent footwork around the around the basket. Mm-hmm. She could use her frame to get around defenders, which was really really nice. She had a nice little uh, a flip shot that she could you know bank off the glass. Um, her defense is is good. Um, she, again, she's a big body, so all she needs to do is really just stand there with her with her arms up and. Yeah, she she can you know affect the just play, like <laughs> but her passing, Connor. Ooh. was in you know you know that highlight videos those highlight videos you see of Jokic where he grabs the rebound with one hand and then pivots and then just chucks it down the floor mm-hmm. Emily was doing that oh my yes and 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 she's she can stand on top of the key and direct the offense i i was just watching her at 
Pryor Lake, and and uh, that's all I saw. And then the range, Connor, fantastic. Ooh, she's she she's got an excellent shooting range. So I'm really excited to to see her uh, next season for SUU because I really do think that she looks a lot like and plays a lot like uh, Nikola Jokic. Yeah, that's a huge pickup for Coach Sanders and and from in a in an interesting part of the world too from Pryor Lake, Minnesota. Not really. Uh, you know, a pipeline that I've thought of for SUU previously. No, no so. it's right outside the Twin Cities, right outside Minneapolis and St. Paul. Um, you kind of wonder if Katie Grise had something to do Absolutely with that. she did. I can guarantee <laughs> you that. Um, so good on Coach Grice for, for landing her. I think the third player in the class is maybe the one that excited me the most was Amore Maxwell, mm-hmm. who is a 5'11 shooting guard um, from Glendale, Arizona. A two-time Arizona State championship or cha- champion, excuse me, in 2018 and 2019 um, for Millennium Millennium High School, uh, and then she was like, "Well, I think I've done everything I need to do yeah. here," and went to a prep academy for her senior year. A uh, really good offensive player, from what I understand. Um, if you're that good and you're going to a prep academy because you know you're going D1, mm-hmm. and then you choose SUU. Um, She's going to be a big-time player here. Oh, I think so. Uh, again, we were able to see a little bit on her uh, long wingspan. Uh, she's 5'11", so for a guard, that's that's pretty tall. Yeah. Um, real, real long. So epitome of uh, a 3-and-D guard, in my opinion. Uh, can't Doesn't let those passes swing around her with, her with her long arms. She's able to bat them away, and you can't leave her open in the corner. Uh, her junior season, uh, she shot 40% from downtown. Ooh. So, and this is against really, really elite competition down in Phoenix and, and Glendale. So, I'm I'm excited for her as well. I think she'll be great. Yes, we'll we'll keep a close eye on that women's basketball um, recruiting class. It's a, a really strong class. Congratulations to the coaching staff for being able to land those players. Let's move over to the gymnastics team, who also announced their class this week. Um, Three double-A type performers, uh, all with really high-level club experience. Um, first is Ellie Caxiola, uh, who's five foot one from Owasso, Oklahoma. Uh, you know, big strength with the beam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you mentioned, well, you made a note here that the Hannah Nip is graduating this year. So, so this could be a huge uh, a gift for SU to have a new beam performer. Right. You know, Autumn Jorgensen uh, graduated last year, so Hannah Nip kind of jumped into that uh, arena, so to speak, with the with the balance beam. Um, or yeah, with the balance beam. So uh, Ellie could come in and really bridge that gap between Hannah Nip. Coach Bowman's extremely excited about Hannah Nip this season. Mm-hmm. We should see some great things out of her. So uh, again, like we were talking about with with uh, women's basketball, anytime you lose big time performers, uh, you you get a little nervous trying to make up those routines. But Ellie uh, seems to be able to bridge that gap pretty well next season. Yes, absolutely. And um, after Ellie, you have two player or competitors that are coming from basically opposite ends of the country. You've got Katie Hours, who's a double A from uh, Sir Severna Park, Maryland, and then Madeline Tayao. Excuse me on your names. We'll get we'll get the <laughs> we'll get the pronunciation guide someday. Who's from from Hawaii? So. You got one from Maryland, one from Hawaii. Uh, the coaching staff all over the country finding talent. Yeah, can you believe it? That's 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 a huge stretch. So you have Oklahoma, Maryland, and Hawaii for this recruiting class. Uh, really, three points of the country. Excellent job by Coach Bowman and his and his staff. And and you know that these girls they want to come here 
they want to perform for Coach Bowman and for the for SUU because they know SUU is an elite program uh, when it comes to gymnastics. Yes. So uh, it speaks highly of the girls. It speaks highly of the coaching staff. I agree. Yes. Uh, we also want to mention women's volleyball had their signing day last week. We're, we got to power through these just quickly. Um, Riley Atson, an outside hitter slash opposite from Scottsdale, Arizona, with tons of club experience. Also super versatile if she's able to hit from the opposite side and from the opposite side. Um, hitting opposite, I don't know if she, maybe maybe she's left-handed, I don't know, but uh, it's tough as a right-handed player. So if she's able to hit from both sides, that's a very impressive pickup for the Hoyers. Uh, Callie Johnson, a libero slash defensive specialist, five foot seven from Litchfield Park, Arizona. So a second um, competitor from Arizona, actually also from Millennium High School, where um, uh, Amory Maxwell yeah. won those state championships. Yep. So a very good <laughs> uh, high school for athletics there that we're getting Callie Johnson from. Um, yeah, defensive specialist, libero type, will we'll get a lot of the offense started with her passing. Um, Molly McDermott, a six-foot setter from Palos Heights, Illinois. Uh, Coach Hoyer in, his, in the announcement of this said that she can also hit. So you got a setter that can also swing. Excellent. And is also six-foot, so yeah. she'll be a, a real threat blocking. And, you know, you can run some little trickery there. We, we got a lot of points um, when Alexis Averett was here just by little dumb plays, yep. little, little, little yep. surprise swings. So. Mm-hmm. That would be very interesting to see. Um, also signing Carissa Ritchie from Minnesota. She's a six-foot middle blocker. Um, middle blocker is so important in volleyball. If you have a dominant middle blocker, it's it's really, really mm-hmm. tough to mm-hmm. get shots off and, and to find space uh, to get points. So that's a huge pickup as well. Another Minnesota pipeline. Yeah. Um, this it just shows you the, the work that all the coaching staffs are doing here at SCU to find talent all over the country. Right. Um, Isabella Salcedo, an outside hitter, 5'11", from Madera, California. Uh, seems like a very strong player, 5'11", seems super athletic, um, has a lot to offer in terms of energy, according to Coach Hoyer. And Rachel Weber, the final player from the class, another outside hitter slash defensive specialist. So that means that she's a real good passer, which you want from your outsides. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and this is, she, he, Coach Hoyer calls her a six-rotation player, which means you know, wherever we're at in the rotation, wherever she's at in the court, she is going to make impact plays. Mm. So that means she's a, a killer passer. She can set pretty well as well if, you know, if, if a ball comes off the set or whatever. So interesting to see how she'll fit in. And for Coach uh, Hoyer and, and, and Laurel Hoyer as well, this is a starting lineup essentially. You got six players yeah. that play all of the positions on the court. Right. That you, if, if everybody stays, you'll get to just develop four years and by the time they're all seniors, sure. you will have six seniors all starting and having played together for four years. That's really impressive. Yeah, and and you know you read the the re- the press release on all of these signings, each of them, you know, they had such great things to say about the Hoyers. Um, they said that that was one of the main reasons they they came yeah. here. The Hoyers building for the future. So um, I think these girls are bought in, uh, at least on the surface, they're bought into. To what the Hoyers are trying to do. Um, so next season, when they get in here, they'll they'll be able to build that chemistry and build up this program. Absolutely, we're very excited for that volleyball class. And then we want to give softball their moment in the spotlight as well. Who also had, uh, announced their class? Um, seven players in the class, so it's a it's a pretty deep class. And I know mm-hmm. recruiting is a huge priority for Don Don Williams. That's where she made her her career out of when she was um, at her community college up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. 
um, just super successful in finding and convincing players. I'm just going to read their names and positions quickly. Uh, softball still a ways out in the future, but uh, a very impressive recruiting class. We've got Amya Bustet, uh, utility player from Casa Grande, Arizona. Um, shout out Casa Grande. That's where my wife's family lives. Kelly Fielder, uh, catcher slash third baseman from Riverside, uh, California. Whenever you have a player named Fielder in softball, <laughs> that's, that's a good sign. <laughs> that's a good sign. <laughs> that's a good sign. Sophia Masut, uh, shortstop from Riverside, California. And another shortstop, Jane Sepulveda um, from Monterey Park, California. So you got a little bit of competition uh, for the starting shortstop oh, job. Yeah. Maybe have one of them move over to second base right, or third. Right. Um, Sepulveda was actually one of the – was a nationally ranked player. Um, so that's a very impressive signing for Coach Don Don Williams. Riley Shu. A middle infielder slash utility from Lakewood, California, and then Kylie Terrell, local girl, Utah or from uh, Saint George, Utah, utility player, five foot five. Um, interesting to see how she makes the transition from Dixie High School to SUU, mm-hmm. and then Cayman Winston, a five eight pitcher from Moreno Valley, California. Um, thoughts on the class, Kelton? You know, I you you, you think about um, the area where most of these girls are coming from, these, this uh, South Central-ish California area, Riverside, Monterey Park, uh, that, that's, that's, that's baseball softball country. Yes. So, so these girls have probably been playing softball for years, years and years and years, and that's all they've been doing. So really, really elite talent uh, coming up the ways. I know Riverside for sure with uh, Kaylee Fielder and um, Sophia Masut, uh, both from Arlington High School. So, uh, teammates there coming yes. up here. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah, both both teammates uh, coming up, uh, and again, just elite competition down there. So y- you think they bring that that fire, that competitiveness up here to SUU as well? Yes, um, and that wraps up the, the all the recruiting classes. A very busy week, despite there being no events last week for SU athletics. Um, the future looks bright, uh, as, as far as I can tell. And I just want to commend the coaching staff for all the work they do. Mm-hmm. It, I must, it must imagine it's such a huge relief when you have signing day and you get all these players yeah. to finally yeah. commit, yeah. Uh, after years of contacting, texting, calling, leaving mm-hmm. voicemails, talking to their parents, all the stuff. And especially in the pandemic, having to adjust recruiting, I, I want to give a big round of applause to the coaches. It's, it's really impressive work you've done. Um, but I think that's it for this week of the Thundercast, Kelton. We are just so excited for basketball season. Oh, it's eight days. The Colin. next time we record eight a days. podcast, the next time, well, after this episode, the next episode, when it comes out, it will be the day, day of the start of the season, the day before Thanksgiving. I'm so excited. Yes. Thank you, Kelton, for joining me of as course. always. And thank you to the audience for listening. We'll catch you next week. Yep. Absolutely. Bye. See you guys. <laughs>